Hello and welcome to another episode of A Composer's Journey. Now, in this episode, I want to talk about the value of memorizing music or how memorizing music will transform the way you compose. But first, I want to suggest that you join the email list at insidethescore.com forward slash composers, because in the next few months, I've got a lot of content planned for composing, and I'm going to be sharing it free with that email list. I've got a composing course coming up in May, and I've got a lot of content that I plan to share in the meantime through that email list. So I'd suggest joining that. It's absolutely free. There's one email per week, and it's inside the score.com forward slash composer. So here I want to talk about how memorizing music will transform the way you compose. So last week I had an amazing conversation with David Conte. And David Conte is professor of composing at San Francisco Conservatoire. And he's or conservatory, sorry. And he's um he's also been a student of Nadia Boulanger and an apprentice of Erin Copeland and is a highly published composer himself. And it was really a fantastic conversation. It was one of the most illuminating conversations I've had about music in the last, I don't know, five years or so. So I definitely recommend you listen to that. It was the previous episode. It was last week's episode, uh, a, a conversation with David Conte. So definitely listen to that because loads of people have been writing saying how much they enjoyed that episode. But he listed three pieces of advice that he got from Nadia Boulanger. And he said... First, make a list of the music you love. Second, learn that music by memory. And then the third one was never avoid the obvious. But I want to focus on that second one, on learning that music by memory. Because I had the question since then, to what extent do you learn it by memory? Do you learn it just so you can sort of sing along with it or do you go further? And I think I've been experimenting with this since I had the conversation with David. And I think that an ideal goal is you you would be able to write out this music again. You know, if, if this music was suddenly lost to history, you could write it down again. You could preserve it because it's preserved in your brain. You know it well enough to write out the music even on blank manuscript paper. So that's what I think. So I, I want to explain why I think it's important to... to or my experience with learning music by memory and what this experience has taught me over the last couple of weeks. So, you know, after that conversation with David Conte, I thought this is worth checking out. This is worth trying. I'm going to try and memorize a couple of pieces of music. I was curious because in the past I have studied scores. You know, I picked up scores and I've said, oh, he's using the trombones like this. He's using the trumpets like this. Uh, this is his harmony here. But I hadn't taken time to memorize them because that's a sort of level above just studying them, actually memorizing them. I would have thought, surely studying is enough. But I thought, okay, David says try memorizing them. So I thought I'll try and memorize them. So over the last two weeks, I chose two scores to memorize. One of them was a piece by Kenneth Layton. It's a piece of choral music called, called Drop, Drop, Slow Tears from the Layton Crucifixus. And it's got this amazing harmony in it really stunning piece of harmony. Kenneth Layton, Drop, Drop, Slow Tears. There's not a great recording on Spotify. Hyperion have a really good recording of the Layton Crucifixus. But, um, but anyway, Drop, Drop, Slow Tears by Layton was one of them. And the other one was Leaving Hogwarts by John Williams. And the reason I chose that 
was because I had recently transcribed it into Cubase just to calibrate my orchestral template. So leaving Hogwarts was fresh in my mind, and I thought, okay, I'll take it a step further and I'll try to memorize it. So what big difference did learning this music by memory make? What, what was the big difference between just simply studying the score and actually learning it by memory? Well, when you're learning by memory, it forced me to focus on every little detail. So with the Kenneth Layton, it forced me to focus on every voice. How the voices are moving, but also which voices are on which notes. If any notes are doubled, how, how are those voices doubled? Is it the tenor and the alto doubling the same note? If any of the voices splits into two parts, how do they split? In, which, which voice splits into two parts? Why does it split into two parts? You know, why does he choose the altos here to split into two parts instead of the sopranos? And it forces you to really focus on every little detail. Um, or with the John Williams, when you're memorizing that, you're looking at which exact instruments have the melody at each moment. First, it's, uh, you know, the, the flute, a solo flute, solo corps anglais, a solo clarinet. And then the next rendition, it's solo flute, solo oboe, solo clarinet, and then a horn, an octave below. And you're looking at the instruments, but not only the instruments, you're thinking, what exactly is the harmony doing? That kind of thing. You know, you, you, you're learning exactly how his harmony moves. And more than that, in order to learn it by memory, you have to necessarily develop an understanding of patterns. You can't just brute force learn every single note. It won't work, especially with a larger orchestral score. If you try to just brute force learn it, that won't work. Instead, you have to see the patterns, or at least you have to understand why the composer has chosen to do things that way you have to be able to see the patterns. So uh, with the Leighton, for example, you know, he's in C major, and then he goes to A major, and then to F major, and then to D major, or D minor. So, I can see there, I have to figure out patterns of what he's doing at each moment. And in that case, you know, he's moving in thirds and thirds. He keeps shifting his harmony by thirds. But it's also how the voices are moving. The voice moves, the voices move in a very logical way. And I have to figure out these patterns so I can commit them to memory. I can't just brute force every note. I have to figure out what exactly he's doing. And with the Williams, I have to say, I have to see how he's using his harmony. Or I have to think, why is he using oboes here? Why was he using, um, why is he adding in a horn here? I have to think why, why, why? And so you're not just memorizing the music, you're learning why the composer did a certain thing. And you know, your reason why might be a bit different from, from their reason why, but it's still learning because you have to understand why, I think, in order to really memorize it, in order for it to stick in your memory. You have to think why constantly. And so that's where the learning really comes in. So you focus on all the tiny details. What has this composer done? And you also focus on why. And you're also looking at the big picture. You're not just looking at each individual note, but the larger scale patterns. And that will help you commit as well to memory. 
What big picture things has this composer done? But finally, as Nadia Boulanger said, when you memorize a piece of music, it becomes a part of you. And I think that quote is really significant. I mentioned it in my YouTube video on Nadia Boulanger, but I didn't realize how significant it was. But what you find is that when you know this music off by heart, it means you have truly absorbed how this music is working. You have fully internalized it. And so now, even on a subconscious level, the music you've memorized can influence your future decisions. You know, for example, when I'm thinking, which woodwinds should I use for this melody in future? When I'm writing something and I want to use woodwinds for a melody, I think, which woodwinds? I know that on some subconscious level, I have absorbed and internalized John Williams's woodwind combinations for leaving Hogwarts, at least. Or when I'm thinking about amazing harmony, how can I have some really transformative harmony? I know that on some level, I have internalized, not just read about, but truly internalized this amazing harmony from Kenneth Layton. So if you've internalized it, if you've memorized and internalized this music, how could it not influence what you write in future? So look, the proof here, really, I, I can tell you how valuable I found this, and it's only been two weeks, but I can try and tell you how valuable this is. But really, in order to truly understand it, like many things in life, you have to do it yourself. So I'd say that your homework for this week is to choose one piece, one piece that you love. And, you know, it doesn't need to be a long piece. You can keep it short, keep it simple. It could be a movement or it could even be a two minute segment of a piece of music or something. And see if you can memorize it and try to take notice of what's happening as you memorize it. What's happening in your mind as you memorize that piece of music? Because hopefully you'll find that you are figuring out patterns. You're not just brute force learning the notes. You're thinking, oh, that's interesting. The composer did that last time and now they're doing this and so on. You know, you'll find patterns and you'll learn how they write harmony, how they write texture, how they orchestrate it if you're looking at an orchestral piece and so on. So. You'll learn a lot more than just, you know, brute force memory. You'll actually learn how the composer works on a much deeper level than you normally would. Believe me when I say that trying to learn this music by memory has taught me an awful lot more than a surface level, surface level uh, studying of the score, honestly. So I guarantee you will learn and absorb a lot about a composer's craft if you choose a piece and take some time to actually memorize it. It's not a chore. It's actually kind of fun. Honestly, I found um, I've made a list and, you know, you can too. make a list of the music you love. Choose something simple to start with and try memorizing it and see what you absorb. See what goes on in your head. And this is especially good, I think, if, if you're stuck in a rut as well. If you're if you find yourself writing the same kind of music again and again and again, then why don't you memorize something in a very different style to what you normally write. A piece of music you love, but in a different style. You know, this will help you to break out of those ruts. So anyway, I got a lot of free content coming over the next month and beyond. Um, and there's a composing course coming up in May and I've got lots planned to share. This will come primarily through the email list. So if you wanna join that email list, there's just one email a week, it's all absolutely free. And you can join that at insidethescore.com forward slash composers 
There'll be a bunch of bonus content that I'm really excited to share. So definitely go and join that. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.